Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. Today, I have two guests, um, Kim Becker and Trish Greenlee. So first, let me introduce Kim. Kim Becker is a motivational and inspirational speaker and an award-winning author of two books about beauty, cancer, and the amazing scope of the human spirit. Kim is a dynamic communicator with an incredible story of faith, hope, and service to others, and the co-founder of Hello Gorgeous of Hope Income, a nonprofit organization that provides red carpet experiences for women battling all cancers across the United States. Kim has been a business owner and national educator for more than 30 years. Through her many experiences in the for-profit and nonprofit business worlds, Kim has become a businesswoman, fundraiser, event planner, educator, public speaker, podcast host, and face of Hello Gorgeous. Kim received the Mom's Choice Award for her first book, Hello Gorgeous, A Journey of Faith, Love, and Hope. Kim received the 2011 Spirit of Women Award, the American Cancer Society 2014 Coaches vs. Cancer Inspirational Award. She received the prestigious George H.W. Bush Point of a Light Award in 2015, and in 2019, Kim received the Shiro Award from Zeta Phi Beta Cap, Beta Society. Wow. That's quite a history. <laughs> that is quite a history, Kim. I, I often wonder sometimes, like, what should I cut out? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Nothing. It's all, goes, it's all you. So, and, um, let me just introduce Trish, too, and then we can have a conversation. So, um, Trisha Greenlee is the Director of Operations for Hello Gorgeous of Hope Income. She has been with Hello Gorgeous from the very beginning of the organization. Trisha handles all of the day-to-day operations of Hello Gorgeous. She manages the salon affiliate program that stretches across the United States. She also works on sponsorships for the organization and as well as um, events. Trisha has been married to her husband, Dan, for 16 years. She is the mother to a 13-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. Welcome to the podcast, Trisha. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, so you are just expanding the globe here with this affiliate and taking yes. care of everybody. And Yes. So, yes. so, so amazing. Thank so you. I would just like to take each of you one by one because I know you have a combined story, but you also have a, um, you know, a story of your own. So Kim, why don't we start out with you? Um, you know, where did you grow up? Where'd you start out? This whole idea of helping women in crisis going through cancer. Um, how did it all start? Um, so I was born and raised in South Bend, Indiana. Um, but I guess I always had a sense of adventure. So um, my father, my, well, my mom's first husband, who was, I, I call him my sperm donor, um, but he was in the military. And so we moved around a lot when I was a kid. And so I always said that I feel like sometimes that's where my sense of adventure came because I was used to kind of moving and grooving. And I'm the oldest of four girls. And so I, I always feel like, um, kind of the leader and that's I, I feel like that's what God has put in me is is more of a leadership thing um I graduated from um a Catholic high school and my goal was always I wanted to go to law school and um that was that was my dream 
and I filled out all the paperwork and thought I was going to go to law school. And my parents just said, that's fine if you want to go, but you have to figure out how to get yourself there. You have to pay for it yourself. So I said, okay, that's fine. And so I decided that um, I'd had a part-time job at just a local tanning salon. And I was telling the girls at the tanning salon, I really want to go to law school. And they said, well, you know what you should do is you should go to beauty school first. Because if you go to beauty school, then you could cut your cut hair all the way through law school. You could cut hair on the dorm floors. You could, you know, and, and literally pay for your way to go through law school. And I said, that's a great idea. So I graduated from high school and I signed up for beauty school and I never looked back. That was it. <laughs> and so I, I loved what I did. I loved the creativity. Um, and so that was 30 years ago. And in the meantime, I had worked for several salons. I was the manager of a salon on a college campus. And um, I was an educator for several different companies. And I loved that experience of traveling and teaching and uh, wanted to always, opening my own salon was always, I think many hairdressers, that's our dream is to open our own salon. And so that was my dream was to open my own salon. And so um, when I was an educator and I was doing all the traveling, I had visited the salon in Southern Illinois. And the name of the salon was Chavu, which meant hair in French. And they served cheesecake and champagne to all of their customers, all their salon guests. And it was a very French, um, it was influenced by French and it, it was a chateau looking building. And, and I always know that when I opened my salon, I knew that I was gonna call it Chavu. That's what I meant. So. My late husband and I had, you know, I always told him that that was my dream was to open a salon. So, so um, when we were talking about opening the salon, he said, I have the perfect name for the salon. We should call the salon Hello Gorgeous. And I said, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard. We're not calling it Hello Gorgeous. <laughs> and he said, no, no, it'll be great. He goes, because every time you answer the phone, you get to say, hello, gorgeous, and it'll make people smile. Yeah. And I said, it's stupid. We're not doing it. So we opened a salon called Chavu, um, and actually, I think um, tomorrow, the 30th, that salon will actually be in existence for 23 years. Um, we opened it and owned it for 10 and successfully sold it, and it's still in existence today. So, um, so we opened the salon, called it Chavu, and, you know, there was just always something that was missing. There was always something, um, I, I don't know, you know, what it was. And so Mike and I would have these extensive conversations about, I know there's something more we should be doing. I know there's something more that's missing. And, and I thought it was a salon. So we had a thousand square feet and we would take out hair stations and put in, um, we'd put in manicure tables. We'd take out a manicure table and we'd add an aesthetics area. So when we outgrew a thousand square feet and that emptiness was still here, I said to him, well, maybe we need to move. Maybe we need to have a bigger location. So we moved from a thousand square feet to 3000 square feet. And we had 17 stylists and, you know, massage therapists, receptionists. And there was still this emptiness that was there that I couldn't put my finger on. So I thought, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I need to do start doing this training for me. So I traveled all over to Chicago and, and took hair classes and down to Miami for Hair Color USA. And then I went to, um, my big dream was to study at Bedell Sassoon in London. And so I was able to do that and all of these things, but nothing filled this hole that I had, just this emptiness that I felt. So um, our son was about three years old at the time. And we were traveling back from uh, Indianapolis, about three hours away from home. And I was having this discussion with Mike about how I knew there was something more we should be doing, and, but I didn't know what it was. And all of a sudden, it fell on my heart. And I said, I know what we need to do. We need to have a mobile day spa that caters to cancer patients. 
we need to have this beautiful, elegant palace on wheels that will pull up just a few feet from their home and treat them like a queen for a day during a time where they don't feel very special. And, you know, when you own a business, people don't understand, or maybe they do, but they think that you are just this filthy rich individual that earns $5,000 in a day and takes that money and puts it in their pocket and they take these lavish vacations and that couldn't be further from the truth. Because just about the time you get a little bit of money saved up, the water heater would go out or the furnace would stop working or there was a tax that you didn't realize had come due. And so, so when I, I'm telling him about this idea that we've got, he was willing to do anything to get us out of the salon. So I'm, I'm telling him about this great idea. And I said, and we're going to do it for free. And I watched all the color come out of his face. And he looked at me and he goes, well, how are we going to do this? And I said, I, I don't know. I just know this is what we're supposed to do. So um, Michael, being the husband that he was, he, we were about 10 miles from a bookstore. And he stopped at a bookstore and bought me everything that he could find on free money for women and grant writing for dummies and grant writing for women. And he got back in the car and I was so excited to keep, I kept telling him my, my dream and this is what we were going to do. And I watched his ears slam shut. Like he didn't want anything to do with this dream that I had. Mm -hmm. So we, we got about 30 miles from home and there was a play area and our son had woken up in the back seat. And so um, I, I said, you know, let's stop and let him stretch. He's like, well, of course Mike wanted to do, he just wanted to escape. So we got out of the car and as we're walking into this play area, I grabbed a hold of his arms. Now, now mind you, 10 years had passed from the time he opened the salon until this point in time right now. And I grabbed a hold of his arm and I said, you know what, Mike, this is supposed to be called Hello Gorgeous. I said, the salon was never supposed to be called Hello Gorgeous. This is supposed to be called Hello Gorgeous. Oh. So for about the first six months, he wouldn't talk to me about it at all. And, um, and then once he could start to really embrace what we were doing, he was the biggest fan and absolutely positively loved everything about Hello Gorgeous. And, and now this le leads to be his legacy now. This is, this is what we do. Wow. And, and how long have you been married now? Well, we were. Um, Michael passed away. It'll be three years in June. And so we were almost married um, 23, 24 years, I think. Yes. I think we would have been married 26 years in August. So, um, yeah, so we had, we had each other, we, we had each other for almost, almost 24 years. Um, but he was absolutely amazing. And, and actually what I had done was, um, when I designed his headstone, I, the Hello Gorgeous logo is very big on his headstone because I said, you know, he was the one that came up with Hello Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I said, and now, and it, it does make people smile. And mm -hmm. so now when they're walking through the cemetery and they see, his headstone, they still smile because it still greets him with a great big hello, gorgeous. So, yeah, that is wonderful. Yeah. What an amazing yeah. story! And it sounds like this this idea just dropped out of the sky, and there it was. And and then, so when that happened, that epiphany or whatever it was, how did you know that was it? Like you seemed like you had so much certainty. Yeah, well, you know, I, it was, it was a calling. I, there is not a doubt in my mind that it was something that God placed on my heart. And it was just this, as I said, there was this emptiness that had been in existence for so long. And all of a sudden the emptiness went away and it was so much bigger than I, and I always, you know, there's a, a quote that says that God chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. You know, he, he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And this was so, and I still don't think that he's actually unveiled 
every piece of this that that he wants us to do. I think that if he veiled the entire thing, it'd freak me out and I would say, no way. But, you know, but we all have free will. And, and, I, and I go by that. Just because he put this on my heart and said, Kim, I want you to do this, it doesn't necessarily mean I had to agree to it because of the gift right. of free will. I could have just said, mm, no, nah, not into it. But we, you know, we sold our business and we made a lot of sacrifices in order to make this happen. But I'm telling you what, as much as I thought our program would change these women battling cancer, I can't put a price tag on how they've changed me. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. So amazing. <sighs> wow. So I'm going to go to Trisha next. <laughs> now that you've got a phone crack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Miss Trisha, tell me about you. Where did you grow up? Where did you start out? In yeah, this lady. <laughs> well, um, she Kim is actually my sister. Oh, so I have some of the same background. Yeah, Kim's my <laughs> oldest sister, and uh, we have two sisters in between. So I as well grew up in South Bend, Indiana. Um, had a really normal. Um, you know, just childhood, you know, everybody just like anybody else. Uh, and I always knew I wanted to do something really fun with my life. I always assumed it was going to be on stage and I'd be performing and singing and dancing. Um, but I always knew that I just wanted to do something fun. I knew I did not want to do anything boring. Like that was my, it just, whatever. And it's still part of my daily life. I have to have fun. Um, so with that, um, I did go to college uh, for a little while, went through with marketing. Um, I was really good, especially if I enjoyed something and I believed in it, I could sell it. And so I ended up getting into retail. My husband and I then moved away um, about an hour away from South Bend for about two years and we worked in retail there. Um, and it was really great, but we missed home. And so once we came home, uh, both still in retail and we knew eventually we wanted to have a family. Um, and I knew that both of us could not be and have those crazy retail hours. So I debated for a really long time. Kim had owned her salon, of course, by then. And I thought, well, maybe I can go and get a license because, again, that would be something fun. I wouldn't be sitting behind a desk. Um, but I didn't necessarily want to stand behind the chair. I wanted to be able to work hair shows and potentially be on stage or working for a product line or being a sales consultant for a company. That was really where I thought I was going to end up. Um, ended up going to beauty school and it was great. I really enjoyed hair and aesthetics and makeup and nails certainly more than what I had expected. I got out of beauty school um, and started working for Kim as an apprentice at her salon. And I think I graduated beauty school. And then my plan was to take the next few years to be able to really get a nice foundation. And my husband and I found out we were pregnant with our daughter. So um, we were like, okay. Uh, so ended up working as a hairdresser. Uh, my best friend ended up buying Kim's salon. So I worked there and helped him as she was kind of working her end to be just an independent contractor. And, and he had then became the business owner, um, helping him, which helped me out as well. Um, so it was nice to still be able to work with Kim in that salon environment. And it was very shortly after we had found out that we were pregnant and I had just became a hairdresser that Kim, Kim and Mike received the calling for Hello Gorgeous. And uh, my husband and I looked at each other and we said, we're in, 
And so Dan and I were in from day one mm-hmm. and uh, working in the salon that we did. We actually did Hello Gorgeous Visits there. Kim and I did. That's where we started um, and now have grown to um, having a salon affiliate program um, across the country that salons use once a month. And we have a mobile salon uh, that we're able to do visits in as well. Wow. All right. I, I don't know why I didn't know that you were sisters. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the hair color. Maybe, maybe the hair color. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I, you know what? And I'm so fortunate because there aren't a lot of people that could work this closely. And, and to Trisha has done an incredible job. You know, when Mike passed away, Trisha really stepped into, cause Mike and I were business partners, you know? So when I, lost my husband. I lost my husband. I lost my best friend and I lost my business partner. Mm -hmm. And so Trisha has really done an incredible job of stepping in and she had some really, really, really big shoes to fill. And she's done an amazing job. And actually she's made me even better because Mm -hmm. she is taking on so much of this stuff and she constantly encourages me and, and supports me. And she's a cheerleader, like what Michael always was, but, but it's always, you know, you can do that. And, and how can I support you? And you go do that, that you need to do. You go speak on the stages and I'm going to do what I need to do over here to make all of that stuff happen. And so she's just done, she's, she's an incredible individual. And like I said, she's had some really, really, really big shoes to fill and she's done a great job. Yeah. So, I mean, you had the vision, but then she's locked right on with you. In yes. The vision. And- yes. Um, you know, you couldn't ask for, uh, you know, a better matching because you both have the technical part of it. Yes. But then you're the voice. You you get out there and you just spread it and advertise it and get it out there. It's just a perfect pairing. <laughs> yeah. it, really it really is. is. Yeah. Yeah, we work well together. We do. Uh-huh. We do. So how do you actually sell this, if you will, sell this to families with people who have cancer. They're going through a hard time. Um, and I would think during a time when something like cancer happens to a family, your feeling of trust about the world around you might not be as high as it would be in the normal situation. Kind of bad thing has happened and now, and now, you know, they're, they're, they might be really cautious, more cautious about things. So how do you go in and sell this or explain it to them and have them open to it? You know, one of the things that, that we did was, and we found that when a loved one is diagnosed with cancer, people don't know what to do. So we feel like we've been given them or we are able to give them a platform where they can do something because the loved one has to play an active role in what we do. So the whole program is that we provide complimentary makeovers to women battling cancer. And it has to be a surprise because women are selfless. And so if I say, hey, Kimberly, I'm gonna take you for a manicure, you're gonna say, you know what, take my mom because my mom, has, she's take me to all my chemo treatments, take my daughter because my daughter has watched me go through all of this. They would totally brush this off. And so we work with the nominator. So it's all a nomination process. So it has to be a surprise. So it empowers the nominator. Like I get to do something and I get to do something that's incredible that will make her smile. That's going to give her a memory that'll last a lifetime. We hope 
And so it's really great that, that the program allows the nominator to be as active in the program as they can. And so it's something that they can do. Now, to your point, there have been times where the nominator is the best friend and she's nominated you know, her loved one or her best friend. And then she has to go to the best friend's husband. And because the best friend's husband doesn't understand this, he says no. So it hasn't happened often, but there are times where we've got a very um, excited nominator. But then there, we had one, gosh, the, the, the daughter was 65 and the mom was 85 or 89 or something like that. And the mother would not let the makeover take place. She didn't understand. And so, and, and yet all, you know, and I understand their feelings, you know, and we try and comfort them as much as we can. And we let them know, this is not to exploit your loved one. We will take the utmost care. We've developed procedures that will keep them safe. You know, all we want to do is make her happy and give her a three hour vacation to forget about cancer for a while. And so, but, but we can, I pull out all of my weapons that I have, but in the end, if I can't convince them, I lived by a rule, which is no is not personal, it's protection. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so if for whatever reason they say no and they don't want to be a part of it, then I'm like, okay, God, I'm being protected from something, whether yeah. something were to happen or, and it's, we've found over 14 years, it's always the right woman. It's always the right time. It's always yeah. the right outfit. It's always the right wig. It is as much as you can't believe when you're going through it, that it'll fall into place. It all falls into place and it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So, so what we found is though, it's really interesting. So when we first started, the only thing that we did was really the makeovers. And over the years, we've written two books. I've created an online course. Um, we created a hope chest now that if a loved one wanted to do something or if we've got a nomination from an area that we're not in yet, that we can send to them. And so the, the makeovers are just simply one pillar of what we do to support the loved one um, or to support the woman battling cancer. But, but we're, you know, we find that we really need to speak to the person and support that person that would be nominating that loved one because they need that support too. Yeah. And um, so it, let's say that um, I wanted to nominate someone and I say to you, well, when you come, what are you going to do? You know, everybody wants to know, don't they want to know what yeah. you're going to do? <laughs> yeah. So Trisha, you take that one then because you, you do that a lot. Yeah, that's a really great question. So um, you would have heard about us somehow, um, we because we do not go out and seek necessarily women battling cancer. So it's the loved ones. So you would either be in a salon affiliate and maybe saw one of our brochures or you heard about us on the radio. And um, if you would call and say, well, what the heck is all this all about? We would put simply, I apologize, we are in quarantine, so I'm at home and that is my two-year-old in the background. <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> I'll tell you, quarantine is just okay. put you in situations that you wouldn't otherwise <laughs> think you were in. So, <laughs> um, okay, Trisha, so go. First, so first thing I would explain to you is, you know, just that, have you heard of Hello Gorgeous and explain that our goal is to restore the beauty that cancer steals. Um, and then just to be able to walk you through that it is a nomination process and you would go on our website and nominate your loved one. And if she is chosen, as long as she meets the criteria, which is the minute she's diagnosed to six months post-treatment, 
and we have an affiliate salon in that area, then we would work together with that salon and we would make sure that you could get her to the salon um, on a very specific day because each salon has their own Hello Gorgeous Day and the very specific time. Um, we would need to have you work on getting us clothing sizes uh, that she's currently in. And we ask a lot of questions. So we actually have a, a sheet front and back that we go down the line and ask questions. Is she in need of a wig? Or does she have a wig? Does she like her wig? Is she sensitive to hot or cold right now? Is she sensitive to smell? What's her favorite color? What color doesn't she like? Uh, what is her pants size? And then we ask, has she lost weight or gained weight at this time? So we do a lot of sleuthing. We get a current picture of her. Um, and then we set it up to where she's gonna come in for that safe day of beauty. So to be able to make sure that she's coming in for her day, but it's all 100% to our, to our best, um, to our best ability. So when she comes in, she receives a safe facial. She receives a pedicure and a manicure, but we use disposable liners and we use all brand new products on her. We get her into a new outfit that day. We have a clothier who brings three different outfits that she gets to choose one. And then we go, we're able to do her hair if she has it, or we get her into a wig or we have several options for her. Um, we get her into some makeup if she would like makeup. Again, it doesn't have to be a full face makeup. It could simply be lips and eyeshadows, but maybe we need to teach her how to draw her eyebrows on because they're gone. So we teach a very simple step to do that. Um, and then at the end of the day, she goes home with every single item we used on her. So tomorrow she can reproduce her brand new look and she thinks her day is over, but really she's off to a reveal party and it could be five family and friends or 300 family and friends waiting to see her and then celebrate her. Oh, that's great. So she's just not coming in and getting a new look. She's coming in and she's going to model her new look. Yes. yes, she gets to go out and she gets to just celebrate. Mm -hmm. And we keep it to a three hour day at the salon because again, she does have a compromised immune system. Um, and so we know that these ladies can get quite tired quite quickly. Um, so we really do take that into consideration that it's three hours at the salon and then she's off to the restaurant or wherever where her adrenaline's gonna kick in again for another good hour or so. That is exciting. Uh, uh, that is exciting. Where are you yeah. this concept? Talk about red carpet. I, well, exactly. And, and it, the red carpet's rolled out for her. And Every the red carpet salon has a red carpet. And she's like, right. with flowers, chocolates, and a big hello gorgeous. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. That, because, you know, to me, that's the one thing that, that I felt is that women in general don't feel like we get pampered that way, number one, but number two, especially a woman battling cancer, she needs to feel that extra special. She needs that extra treatment that's there. And so that's what, that's what we wanted. That's how we designed the program. And, and yes, Trisha's right. Every single salon that comes onto our program, they all get their own very, their very own red carpet that they roll out every time a woman walks yes. in. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite makeover story? Oh, I've got one. So <laughs> I've got many, but I've got a really fun one. Um, we were doing a makeover at the Notre Dame women's basketball game. And um, we were working on a collaboration with a director. And so um, and we had to be able to get the makeover from start to finish before halftime. Uh, because the TV, the um, Notre Dame basketball game, the pink zone game was being aired. And so we did a 
wonderfully fast makeover. And Kendall was the gal that we had the opportunity to do a makeover on. Um, and same thing, she received every service, including a new outfit. We got her a fabulous wig. And as we took her out to be revealed in front of 10,000 people at the stadium, she had on this cute dress and boots and this hat. And as she went out there, she took her hat off and twirled around. Um, and it was just amazing. The crowd cheered. And when Kim or Carl asked why she did it, she said, well, because there were people up behind me. <laughs> it was That's awesome. Amazing. That is amazing. So I, I'm not a salon owner, but I know there are people in your business who would love to be part of this. How do they do that? What if they wanted to do that with their salon? Absolutely. Yes. You would be able to go on our website, hellogorgeous.org. You would click salon affiliate. Um, and then there's a really nice information page just about kind of what the expectations are and what we ask of your salon. Uh, there's an application process. So you do go through an interview process as well. And then if your salon, when they're chosen, uh, we set up a time to then have your salon certified. So we have a coach that actually goes to the salon and we educate those team members in that salon team how to create the Hello Gorgeous experience. They are professionals. They know how to do a manicure and pedicure, but they do not know how to do a Hello Gorgeous manicure and pedicure. And it's very specific on what you should and should not do on someone with a compromised immune system. So we send a coach there. They're trained. Our coach does their first Hello Gorgeous experience with them the next day. And then they get to continue to help people in their community. That's exciting. Oh, that is so exciting. So, um, Kim, when you started this, you had been in a regular retail type environment. But then you went to a nonprofit. And I know there's mm -hmm. other people that are getting these downloads thinking, I'm supposed to start this. Mm -hmm. How do you start a nonprofit? How, did, how does that work? You know, I, I said it's the most fulfilling and the most challenging thing I've ever done in my whole entire life. Um, you know, the biggest thing is generating income. When I was in the salon, if money got a little tight or things got a little slow, I could run a retail sale or work a few extra hours and pick up a highlight or whatever. You know, when you're in a nonprofit, I can't reach into people's pockets and ask them to give me money. I mean, I, I can ask them to give me money, but I can't make them give me money. And so that we've had to really be ingenuitive, but we're really lucky because we do have merchandise with the Hello Gorgeous logo on it and the online courses and some of the books and stuff and, um, you know, the fundraisers that we do. So one of the things that, that I learned is modeling early on. So it's not about you trying to figure it out yourself. Somebody has already done something that you want to do. Just go to them and talk to them and ask them questions and they'll tell you. So we had the opportunity when Mike and I first started this to talk to Millard Fuller and Millard Fuller was, um, uh, he founded the Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. And so we had a 45 minute phone conversation with him and I'll never forget. He said, we were sitting there, we were talking to him. I'm telling him everything. I'm telling my big dream and I'm telling him how I want to um, have this roaming palace on wheels and it's you know, a $250,000 vehicle and you know, just this big thing. And I said to him, you know, now how much money should I have? Right. How much money do I need to have in the bank before I start this nonprofit? Because I, I, I want to be debt free. I don't want to acquire a bunch of debt. You know, what do I do? And in his Southern draw accent, he said to me, Kim, you'd be really silly to start without a dollar. <laughs> and I was really quiet for a minute. I'm like, what? And he said, these women don't care. 
They don't care if it's done in the in the, the $250,000 vehicle. It doesn't, you just need to start. You just need to start. You could do these in an alley over a trash can. These women just need these services that you have to offer. So I think that that would be the one piece of advice that I would give to somebody is just start, you know? And so we wanted them in the, the, um, the mobile day spa. We didn't have it in the beginning. And so we did just do them in the salon. But by doing them in the salon, I was able to create the salon affiliate program because I could say, this is how, this is how you roll out the red carpet and this is how you do the services because for four years, I think we ended up, we did do them in a salon. So it truly is, you just start. It may not be your end result, but it'll evolve into your end result, but just start. You know, the other thing is that we were really lucky. Um, and actually I just wrote a blog post on this because when we started Hello Gorgeous, Katrina had just hit. And so everybody and their brother wanted to start a nonprofit organization to help the hurricane victims. So I'm on the phone with the IRS and we're talking to them and they're like, you know, it's gonna be six months before you're gonna get your nonprofit status approved. And I'm like, I don't have six months. I need to start now. There are women with cancer that need my help right now. And so I was talking with a client of mine and they suggested that I get a hold of our local congressperson or congressman at the time and um, let him know that I had a pending 501c3. And so I worked with somebody in the state house and instead of taking two years for our nonprofit to get um, verified, it took six months and then we were approved. So, um, like I said, it was 2006. So it, uh, we've been in existence 14 years now. And that, and that, you know, I, I forget what a great feat that is. You know, I think the statistic is like 75% of all small businesses fail in the first year. And then 90% of all of the existing small businesses will fail in the first five years. And so to do what we've done and, and, and tackle the obstacles that we've had, and I don't know whether you know this or not, but two months before Michael passed away, my $250,000 dream caught fire. So I lost my beautiful mobile day spa with four flat screens and a stack of a washer and dryer. I lost her to a fire. And then, which her name was um, Faith. And then two months later, then I lost Michael. So um, we've had our ups and downs, but it really is, you just put your head down and you put your faith in God and you just take one step at a time because that's what you can do. Thank you so much for sharing, both of you. And if anyone knows of someone going through cancer, please recommend Hello Gorgeous. Yes. Do that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Any last words of advice? Um, well, one of the things that, that when you said that we do on our website, we do have a free resources page um, that I want to encourage. If you've got a loved one that's battling cancer, we've got um, some podcast episodes and some free resources. And um, in the book I wrote, um, I promise to put my lipstick on when I get there. There's a, a chapter all about hair loss and how your hair, how you'll know that your hair will fall out and what happens when it grows back. And so you can actually download that chapter of our book too. So we want to make sure that these women need the resources that they have. And, um, you know, I, I guess the last piece of advice I would say is just don't think that this dream in your heart, whatever it is that's been placed on your heart, that you're imagining it, you know, and especially if it's bigger than you, then it's got to be God. So don't have to, after Mike died, I had to follow my own advice. And that is that you, you don't have to eat the whole elephant. You just have to eat it one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. So just take one bite and move forward and do the best that you can. Great. Well, thank you so much. Both of Awesome. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Thank you for thank having, you for us. having us. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.